This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Judd. New from Judd, bring in the spooky season with that spice that is so nice. Blumpkin spice. When you wake up in the morning, drunk as a skunk, and you need a coffee to perk you up, and then you see the line, well screw that. Go on down to the 24-hour liquor store and pick yourself up a six-pack of Judd. Blumpkin Spice Judd. And don't think that's just it. Come try our coffee stout. It's got Blumpkin Cream Pie, just like Grandma used to make it. What was that? Pumpkin? Pumpkin Spice? Oh, oh, gods, no. Uh, uh, well, okay. So, uh, try a new Judd Pumpkin Spice. Yes, that's it. Pumpkin Cream Pie. Oh God, Blumkin cream pie. Uh, Judd, don't, for the love of God, do not drink it. You're listening to Young Grognard, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. A haven for all things nerdy and dungeonous. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, and I'd like to give a nice, warm tavern welcome to all you scrying fools, all you dying fools, all you rogues, thieves, and bandits who forgot the thieves' tools. My name is Grognard the Young, so I'm here joined with my cousin... For his first time on the podcast, which is funny because, I mean, I've never played with anybody longer than him, yet he was the hardest one to wrestle in. So, uh, without further ado, uh, I, well, this is Greg. Uh, you're, are you cool with being called Greg, or did you want... You can call me Greg, yeah, I'm cool with being called Greg. I would, okay. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, just because I put everybody else through the ringer, and I think you probably, even though we've got a lot of weird stories together from, I don't know, just being raised across the street from one another... Uh, I think you still need to give us some of your nerd cred and at least tell us how you got into gaming, what kind of nerd stuff you're into, video games or whatever. All right. Well, I would say that... No pressure. No pressure? Well, I'm sweating already, so pressure's on. I mean, I keep my house at a very, very temperate uh, 105 degrees No, I like, uh, I like it at Fahrenheit. Like 110, but, you know... Kelvin units. Um, <laughs> but, um, let's see, I've been playing for probably 13 years... You know, I, I, don't, I can't even honestly tell you how I started playing. I feel like it just it like... It was me. It was, obviously, it was you. I just, I just feel... I, I, I literally... Just, I was just one day I was playing with you and I, like, I don't... I, don't I, know, like, I was literally started. a bully across the street <laughs> and I told you, come play with me or else. God, I, I still remember walking in and seeing your two friends just standing here when they're all in, like, jean jackets. Well, no, we played before that. Oh, this is, like, my biggest, like, probably, like, one of my biggest memories, because this is, like, well, hold my on, entry hold on, hold on. Before group. we even get into it, I mean, so, okay, your nerd credit is that you've played D&D with me for quite a long time, yeah. and you, like, hanging out with people with jean jackets. Jean I don't, book, yeah. okay, I mean, I'll take mind. it. I guess that'll work for me. Um, But, yeah, I mean, are there any video games that you play? Any sort of real nerdy things like that you're into, or? Um... Are you as much of a vanilla jock as the Reddit forums say? I'll probably be a vanilla jock as the Reddit forums say. This is probably where all my basic nerdiness comes from. But, oh god, what was that game that we used to play on, on Xbox? That 10-bit zombies or something? 8-bit zombies? 8-bit, that's, that's the <laughs> You played, you played, didn't you play RuneScape? Oh yeah, I played RuneScape, Minecraft, let's yeah. see what else. 
I mean, you play World of Warcraft with uh, me? World of Warcraft. That's, that's probably up there. In there. I still can't eat microwave chicken and cheese fajitas. After playing that game and you and getting <laughs> sick eating those, I smell that smell, and all I think of are Torin in the Thunder Bluff and oh, vomiting. <laughs> that's about it. That and uh, late nights playing Roblox. All right, we don't talk about... Okay. Anyway, <laughs> next part of the podcast here. Um... So, uh, yeah, I mean, without further ado, we might as well introduce the uh, topic of the episode, and that is uh, nostalgia, playing uh, in the old days, how we used to be when we first started, and just the idea of how things have changed over our careers of, of playing. Um, so, I mean, obviously we just said that we've been playing together since, you know, a long time ago. I remember I introduced you and my sister to playing the game. I kind of bullied you both into playing with me. Um... Was that I your say first bully. Game? I mean, I was yeah, but I was like, I was twelve years old. Like, there's no way a twelve year old bullies anybody. Well, okay, maybe there are ways. <laughs> I'm gonna scratch that from the record real quick. But um, but no, I mean, we've been playing for a long, long time. I mean, I think it's thirteen years if we do the math correctly. But yeah, I mean, I still remember I got and you know it's. The story of me playing the game is shrouded in more mystery than I'd like to admit. Sometimes you have those things in your life where you're like, when did I get into that band? And then you think, you're like, okay, well, somebody must have name dropped it, or I saw it on TV or something. But for me personally, nobody in my family likes nerd stuff. Nobody in my family plays D&D. Nobody in my life did that. But for some reason, I took the money I saved up from, like, First Communion and shit, and I went to Toys R Us and... Uh, R.I.P. Toys R Us. Um, <laughs> and I bought the 3.5 starter box. And I have no idea why I was willing to spend like $75 on a starter box of a game I've never played before. But, I mean, I'm here now doing a podcast about it. So apparently I had some foresight. But yeah, I remember I read through the instructions that they gave you in the starter box. I hated it because it was too much. So I just kind of slapped it together and started playing. And I needed people to play with, so I pretty much told you and Kim to, I don't know, make some character sheets off of that. Remember Red Blade, the weird yeah. website thing, that little program that let you make characters? Yeah, I remember that. Then I remember like the pre-made cards that we had. Yeah, that was, I mean, they came with the starter box. They had, like, Karen the Rogue and whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, and Regdar, which is Redgar. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I don't care what kind of Mandela effect that is. It's, it's fucking Redgar. Um, but either way. Um, but, yeah, and so the point of this episode is just to talk about kind of how gaming has changed for us personally since then. Uh, from the perspective of gaming as a player and as a dungeon master. And I guess I'd like to take a moment just to, like, think back on that game, which I know a lot of people aren't going to be able to have the same nostalgia as me about this because, obviously, you didn't play it. But, like, the point being that when we played, I mean, do you remember anything about that game? I... I, I if you, if you like, tell me details of it, I'm sure I would okay, remember. Okay, do you remember there was a Minotaur? I think so, yeah. In the cave, and then there was, like, it was sandy on the ground, and then we made, like, the gate that crashed down, and there was, for some reason, a ladder... That went up through a well, and then you were just in the town? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was called the Motley Cave. And I still remember I made the first map on Microsoft Paint on my parents' computer, and it printed out in black and white. And I just, like, threw together a game from all this mixed match to rip off stuff that I've had over the years. And I just look at it, and I'm like... Damn, I was brave. I like I didn't know jack shit about the game, but I knew what I wanted to do, and rules didn't need to be there for me to be able to do it, you know? But I remember we, we ended that game, I think we only played like two parts to it, but the second half, we uh, you guys ended up at the local tavern, and like the thieves tried breaking in you and Kim's rooms. Mm. Remember that? Yeah. And that's pretty much where we ended, and we never played it. I think it might have been a snow day, too, that we played. 
was like at night. I just I remember it being in Kim's room too, but either way, I have a lot. Yeah. The only way, I'm pretty sure that was the only way we got her to play. She's like, as long as we do it in my room. <laughs> yeah, she's just laying in bed asleep. <laughs> we got to roll now. <laughs> We put the dice in her hand, and then she just sleepily <laughs> just dropped it. Oh, she got a crit, so I mean, she did better than everybody. Anyway, but the point of that is, is just that, like, I don't know. Like, think about how different characters and rules were. Like, I look at my gaming now, and I'm, like, looking at how I pay attention to the rules, and I think I'm, like, such a badass when I homebrew rules, but the most badass rule-breaking version of me was, like, 13, 12-year-old Dan, who just took the player's handbook, said... Nah, fam, I don't get it. I don't want to read 200 pages, so I fucking didn't. And so it's like, but we had so much fun playing games like that. Like, do you remember when we played... Well, I guess this will probably be a better thing to mention because this is more of like, you know, two years down the line when, as Greg mentioned, his loving memory of seeing people in denim jackets. Um, <laughs> when you came over after we had like a little band practice and we were playing D&D, and I remember being like so afraid to tell... D Phil, uh, another friend of the pod, um, how how much I loved playing D and D, but I never had anybody to play with. And I remember the day that me and him were both like, it, it, like it was something straight out of a movie. I was like, so uh, you ever heard of that game? There, uh, I think it's like Dragons and Dungeons or something. Because we were so afraid to be like outed as nerds in front of each other. And he's like, oh yeah, isn't that like uh, like D and D or something like that? I guess right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. you imagine the nerds who play it? He's like, yeah, I mean, it might be kind of fun, but I would never want to do it. And I'm like, me either. And we both just stood there at the end of the driveway because his parents were coming to pick him up. And I was like, so do you want to play next week? He's like, yep, okay. <laughs> and we just, like, leapt at it. But we knew we needed more bodies, so that's where Greg came in as our dummy. And we kind of pulled him in to come play in the game with us. But long story short, we played that campaign for, what, I think it was just two years or so. It was just like that that year, and then the summer, and then we all left for college. Yeah. But it was, and then Greg went off to uh, the boarding school for the mentally yeah, the restless. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the dumb and the tasteless. Um, but we uh, we played quite a few games. But I think back on it, and I think what was beautiful about that was two things: was that we were all so young and had no idea what was going on with that game. But we were also so free to kind of just follow whatever pursuits we wanted to in that game. Like, I look back, and we have so many inside jokes about DPhil running the games where you have things like the freaking Jesus monks and whatnot. Because there was just so many things that were like, he didn't know how to make a balanced game, and we didn't care all that much until we started losing. I look into the room. What do I see? It's a basic room. I walk in. You fall. Why? There was no floor. What? Like, <laughs> and it's, it's just these little things that you're like, over the years, what can I say is better now that we've been playing for a long time? I mean, we make better characters yeah. you know what can we say about in the in the in the beginning like well we had i think more like cheap fun like we could make a character that there were always like the had no characters. tongue yeah. and like used to try to trade drugs for prostitutes at local brothels like th that kind of gameplay was capable like we could play that way back in the day that's just because like we were there for shits and giggles yeah. the big storyline wasn't around but like nowadays i feel like I only write this elevated nonsense. And so when I look back over my old notes, I see that, like, my old games were just so all over the fucking place and so much stuff just made no sense. The maps were stupid as all hell. And these weren't even, like, two, three-hour games. These were, like, what, like, 13 hours sometimes? Yeah, I mean, but that's just because, <laughs> you know, we all had a lot of caffeine in it. But anyway, <laughs> but, and I just look at those games and I'm like, 
those were fueled by the in-game energy. And mm-hmm. I think the difference between like gaming now and gaming then is that when we had the free time to just like have pickup games every week and nobody bothered to like put in the energy, like we would role play live on location and we would come up with stuff by improving it. I remember Defo even said that he wrote a game on the way there. Yeah. And that was both insulting and impressive. <laughs> and I don't know which one I feel strongly about. But in the end, I mean the games were fun because we had so much fun playing them together. But I feel like nowadays what's sad is it almost feels like we're almost having to like pitch game ideas to each other where we have to be like, okay, but in this one, we have this really interesting idea for how to play the game and it's going to be totally different than anything we've done before. Whereas back in the day, you could literally throw the most basic, boring, bland storyline, but we would have fun because it was the first time we got to play a game with virtually no rules, yet having so many rules. So you could do anything you ever wanted. Like, it was almost at the point where the game was the fun part and not the storyline. Yeah. Whereas now, the storyline is the fun part and the game is like, okay, I guess I roll dice because that's what I'm required to do. Yeah, but like back we, in the day, yo, rolling the dice was like crack. Oh my like, god, yeah. <laughs> like, we, like, the storyline, probably like, what, like 10% of our the time we would play during that would be storyline. The rest would just, just be fucking off and doing just like stupid shit. <laughs> People finding a cat in my house and we just all, chasing it. We all decide to go to sleep. Okay, you wake up next morning. No. I sneak into somebody's room. It's <laughs> like stupid shit like that. We're just like, we still suffer. It's just... But that's the point, is that like, storyline wasn't the big thing. We weren't worried about fixing the problems of a fantasy world. We were like, again, like you mentioned, playing a dopey thief who found it necessary to rob everybody and anybody. But yeah. it was because you were finally in a game where like, you could just do that whenever you wanted to. You could do whatever you want. Even if that involves, you know, breaking into some old person's house to come get some horses, climbing up into the hayloft, <laughs> pissing in a jar, lighting their house on fire after killing her husband. Not that that story ever happened. <laughs> no, to no that never happened. No, it would never have happened. No. But we would never let that sort of thing fly. <laughs> or like that time his tongue rotted off in his mouth and became a hunk of rotting meat, gave him death breath. He traded a bunch of drugs to a prostitute at a brothel and ended up having the most outrageous threesome, critted on the dexterity saving throw, and had a really good time until he opened his mouth and they both nearly dropped dead from the stench. Somebody had to drink the potion at the beginning and I, I took that for the team, okay? I love how it, yeah, but like that's the other part is like you think about what people talk about with like classic D&D editions, not games, but the classic editions, and you think about how it's like back in those days, the rules were super simplistic, yet there were so many available, but nobody actually used them all. And like the games were like these big funhouse dungeons where there was literally just like vats of pink goo on the ground, and it was like just begging for some idiot to go taste it. But it was like nobody cared about the characters, so you just go over and drink it because fuck it, who gives a shit? Let's see what it does. Yeah. And that's kind of how games play when you're 13, is you're, you just don't care that much about hoity-toity elevated storyline, so fuck it. I drink the pink goop. <laughs> it's just in that particular instance, you found vampire ashes, and you came out of the other room, and you're like, God, I guess I'll drink it. We're like, we're not trying to drink it. You're like, oh, Man, just it's like just ashes. Just drank it. No, you put freaking beer in it. Oh, I did. <laughs> and then your tongue fell out after a terrifying nightmare. But the point is, is I think we had more like... I don't know. I guess I'd say it was less enriched fun. It was just more like bombastic and explosive fun for the sake of like fun. You know what I mean? It was popcorn and candy fun. It wasn't like elevated, thought-provoking, deep, meaningful fun. Which, you know, if you really get down to it, I don't know which one I prefer as like a person running games. 
Because every time I think back to those games, I think about how much I wanted to have big elevated storyline. And I try to, but I would never have the energy for it. I would never have the like capacity for it. And I, to be honest, don't think a table of 13-year-olds were the group I needed for it. No. But then I look at the games now and I'm like... I just I can't think of myself ever having a game where I just kick back and have a game where everybody like hangs out and fucks around at the tavern. See, I think about that is like the people that you're playing with. I feel like it, you need to have a need to have a group going into it that knowing you're gonna fuck around, just have a good time, or somebody that's straight storyline. Like now looking back on it, you know when you have those like yearly anniversary games, like playing with the high school crew. Wait, you have yearly anniversary games? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> But like, uh, but if we did, <laughs> if we did, it, it was always because me and you were playing a lot at that time. But they were still at school, and they would like come back, and it was more of like a reunion than yeah. anything than actually getting down playing. So it was, it was always me and you just sitting there, like just twiddling our thumbs, just wanting to play some games, and then chit chatting about what happened this semester and stuff. It does bother you because you start to wonder, and I remember even talking about this endlessly at the time, because it makes you feel weird about yourself when you think to yourself and you sit down and you have this real polar shift. And I've noticed this a couple times at a couple games that I've been to where people just want to have fun and like fuck around, and then you come with a completely different intention in mind. And I feel like it really makes you question yourself as a gamer and sometimes like as a person, because you're like... What is it about me that can't just hang loose at one of these games? And why am I such, like, a killjoy that I sit down and I'm like, excuse me, can we get back to saving the princess? <laughs> well, I please? feel like it's totally different for you because you're normally a DM. So you put on all this, like, effort throughout the week to do all this. It's like it's like if you have, like, a giant house party and then everybody shows up just to have a slice of pizza and leaves. You're like, what did I put in all this effort for? You know, it's just, like, kind of insulting at that point of, like, why did I waste my time doing that? So I could totally see it from that point of view. Yeah, and so that's the thing is that you think, well, what is it about me that thought that I needed to put in this much effort and everybody else was totally cool with having a good time without it? Like, does that mean I take this too seriously? Do I take myself too seriously? Am I, like, not capable of just cutting loose and having fun like everybody else? It's almost like how you feel when you think about your friends who go out and party all the time versus if you don't. It's like you start to think, like, is there something wrong with me that I can't just, like, go hang out at the club? And I can't just, like, cut loose and enjoy that? Why is it that I enjoy sitting at home, like, in a blanket watching Netflix instead? Mm. And so, but I think that that's a false thought right there. I don't think that that's truly the case that you're one or the other kind of person. Because I think about it, I think, like you said before, it's about the group that you play with. But I also think it's about time in your life, too. And I think that, I mean, I don't think we're disagreeing with what you said, but I think... Like, you think about the game group we had when we were playing that last campaign that you were pretty involved in, the 5th edition one with, mm-hmm. like, Ben and Joel and everybody else. That Those games weren't very, like, all-over-the-place fucking roundy, but that's because we started with that tone. You yeah. know what I mean? But the problem is is that I think now about the groups, uh, the games we play with that group now, and I'm like, I think the only issue we run into is we're just all so tired because we work so damn much. Yeah. And it's like, and it's just a time during the week when we're all, like, end of a Friday night and we're all beaten to snot and like nobody wants to put in the effort of having to do deep role playing. So I think to myself, I'm like, well, would a cheap, fun game do better there? And then I'm like, well, I'm just not the kind of DM that would want to run that kind of game. And I started to feel bad because I'm like, well, what is it about me that can't run that kind of game? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's like all or nothing at that point, you know? It's like, and I can't, I feel like that, like talking about that stuff, like, you know, working, going to school, and then trying to fit in time for a game kind of brings us back to when we used to do online games. 
Yeah, that was just hard enough. You know, you got people falling asleep on the monitor, people like having to run away because somebody's like in an argument. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like we've done like a lot of different like branching out, right? Approaches to, make it to work. mediums for the game. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm, you know, I actually tomorrow I'm going to be running something online. I'm going to be trying to get something with the uh, old college group. But mm-hmm. so well, I mean, we're going to see how that goes. We're going to try to use Roll Twenty for it, but. I mean, that's the thing. is That's, I think, what I would classify as my middle years. And I'm looking mm. at this little sheet of notes we have here, and it's like, we broke it into sort of three eras of our gaming, where it's like, we have the old games, which is pretty much up until the point I went to college. Yeah. Then we have the middle years, which is when I was in college, and then gaming now, which is when I graduated up to this point now. And it's like, the middle games are very strange, because I was definitely in a different time. I was able to play with people who didn't play before other than Dphil and I was able to like kind of teach them how to play and we pretty much like I you know it sounds so awful when you talk about it this way and you're like I basically groomed people to be high fantasy role playing gamers. But like we had so much fucking fun. And I talked to Joel about this before and we were discussing it and talking about why those games are so much fun and why we love it and talking about potentially putting it online might ruin those games of the past because it'll be tainted with potentially bad games in the now. And it's like, what made those games so fun? Was it just nostalgia? Like, if you were to go sit down in a time machine, zip back to 2012, right before we left for college, and just play in one of those summer games, do you think you'd have as much fun? Like, if you didn't, if you were in, like, a, you know, like, a disguise, and you just sat in on the group, and you're my long-lost Uncle Greg, and you, like, you know what I mean, show up at the game, which is funny, because your dad's name's Greg, but anyway, <laughs> not that my own, okay, but anyway, um, but, like, if you were to sit down at the table with all of us from high school, as high school students, like, do you think you'd honestly have fun? I feel like I would to a certain point. But, like, how much of that is nostalgia? How oh, much of it is uh, just, like... Would be nostalgia. You would literally just be like, ah, D-Phil's doing the like, D-Phil thing. He's gonna try to fight me in a cage. Wait, Danny's gonna throw something at me. I know it. Somebody's gonna say chicken patty. I can feel it. <laughs> but, like, you know, and that's the thing. is like, how much of... It's almost like when you watch a TV show that's made it to, like, 10, 11 seasons. Like, you think about something like Always Sunny. It's like, is Always Sunny funny? Or is it just funny now because they're referencing tons of old stuff like in the newest season in the newest episode when they mentioned the botched toe and they mentioned the knife and the, the toe knife and all that stuff like was that actually funny content or are we just like ah he's doing the frank thing with his toe it's definitely probably doing the frank thing like even See, if, like, like the nostalgia thing yeah, where they're harping on uh, yeah but that's what i'm saying is it's like i mean would i actually enjoy those games and that's why i'm saying like i think it's good for us to take a look back at games from the past and recognize that like I mean, we're different people with different interests. I mean, think about what you liked for music back when you were in high school. It's probably a little different than what you like now, yeah. you know? Like, I remember coming over here after school. I'd still be in my uh, my dress clothes from having a hockey game that night. Come over here, play some D&D, run over, go leave for hockey, come back, join back in on the game playing D&D. Like, that was just, like, our life. That Like, that's all it was. It's just all through high school. It's just meet at Danny's at this time, play D&D. Let's go uh, drive to the Penguin Mart. Sorry, I don't know who Danny is. I'm, oh, sorry. I'm the young rock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> young garden. No, no. Garden hose. Yes. Young okay. garden hose. So we meet at his house. <laughs> oh. That's a lot more sexual connotation that I don't like having there. And I don't want to know why my thumb's green at that point. <laughs> don't worry. You're the ones that expand when you put water on it. Oh. <laughs> Shrinkage. Okay. But anyway... So in lieu of everything we just talked about, I think it seems only right that in an episode where we talk about nostalgia, that nostalgia doesn't happen in a vacuum, and you need to be looking backwards from our current position 
in order to be nostalgic about anything. So the reason why we're talking about any of this is because our perspectives have like undoubtedly changed. And so I guess what I want to talk about now is just like in lieu of talking about everything we used to do and walking down memory lane and discussing how the good times used to be, like how has the game sort of changed for you as a person? Because I know you haven't really played as much as I have, but you've been around in the game as long as I have. Yeah. Um, I would say growing up, back in like when we first like really started getting into it in like high school and stuff. Like, that was, like, that was my life. That's what, like, I would, that's what we, like, lived for. Like, every single day was that. Right. Like, yeah, I, like, I played hockey. I played the cross. I had a couple other friends. But, I mean, that's, like, that was, that was it. That was the thing. And I, I feel like it, it could have been one of those things where we just, like, you did it so much and so often we're kind of just like we're starting to beat a dead horse with how much we were doing it see but i don't think that that's necessarily the case i think that like anything that you get really into and anything that has a lot of different complex sort of facets to it i think naturally you get to that point where you kind of burn out on it if you give it like all your time mm. but the way to avoid burnout is to just kind of like pursue interests within so it's like I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a nice comparison, but it's almost like when you listen to music, music's always my favorite one to go to, where it's like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you listen to for a long time, but then when you kind of burn out on it, you have one of two ways to go. I feel like usually people just start listening to a different kind of music altogether, and they have like phases where they're like, oh, well, I'm listening to country music right now, and then I'll bounce back to my pop music or my hip-hop or my rap or whatever, and then a couple months later, they'll be back onto that old thing, but I feel like we all kind of go through that sort of phase, but... I think one of the ways that we combat burnout is just, like, going just for different angles. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I feel like one of the reasons why I play more is just because, like, I try to follow different rules or I try to follow different systems or whatever. Like, rather than have burnout and just give up on it, I feel like I kind of get burnout and then I just pursue a different story or I pursue a different character or I pursue a different system. Like, I try to change it up rather than give it up. And I'm not saying that you, quote-unquote, gave it up, yeah. but would you say that rather than look for a new thing, you just kind of put it on the back burner? Well, growing up and everything, I always played, like, a rogue or a ranger. Like, that, that was, like, my thing. And, like, later on, growing up with the game, I started, like, moving out and, like, doing different types of characters. But I think just, like, life hitting you and, like, going to school and having a job at the same time and like having other things that you gotta get done then at the end of the day trying to like cut out like a certain time that works for everybody in order to play us like that game you know it's not just like where you can go home turn on the playstation or xbox and just play you don't need anybody to rely on like yeah you need like everybody to, time yeah and like being like older and having a tighter schedule and it's kind of just like it did it like itself to me like, I never expected to be, like, pushed away from the game as much as I, I have been. It's just everything going on in my life and, like, the open days I do have don't work for everybody. So, like, I just, like, kind of never got a chance to do it. And, like, that's it just kind of, like, carried on that way where, like, it kind of, like, got put in the back burner of my head of trying to get to those games and everything just because I haven't been able to for, what, like, a year now? Maybe more? Something like that. I mean, we've been playing pretty regularly with that other group. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and that's... 
I mean, I think that's one of those weird things you bump into when you're like, does adulthood get in the way of playing this game? Because then you look around on the internet, and if you look at anything in the hobby, and it's like, these people who are older than us with so much more going on and so many more responsibilities, full families, can still get together for their, their game night. And it's like, well, okay, then let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's just say that they have a lot of time after work available, and like their spouse takes care of the kids, and they're free to have like one night during the week, and everybody lets that night be sacred, nobody breaks it. I still think at the end of the day, that group also has a game that pulls them in. And they're willing to say, on my one night that my spouse is willing to, like, you know, jump on the pile of children for me and block that grenade of kids. Like, is D&D what I want to do? I could be going out to the bar. I could be hanging out with my bros. I could be doing anything on my free night. But I want to do this. And I think at the end of the day, I think that no matter how busy you are, no matter how, you know how much stuff you have going on. I think it all boils down to just how interested in it you are. And people always say that, oh God, I hate that excuse. But when people say that, that line where they're like, if it matters enough to you, you'll make time. I hate that because that's so irresponsible to just throw that out there. Yeah, but it, but also, there's some truth to it. Yeah, but also it's, it's the what I was saying earlier is everybody needs to make that exact time. Right, and it, it almost feels like everybody has to make the same sacrifice. But the problem is, is that sacrifice is worth a different thing to everybody yeah so while it might seem like you know everybody's just got to give up their friday night that friday night means something different to everybody for some people that friday night is a date night for some people friday night's just another night of the week because they work saturday anyway so mm -hmm. it doesn't matter you know what i mean so it just starts to feel like everybody comes to the table giving up something different to be able to be there but yeah i i think yeah it, if there's any new players out there listening to this don't let what we're saying like make you feel weird about the game. Honestly, these are some like these are like the best memories I've had growing up is playing this game with like like the friendships I've made throughout playing this game. Like I wouldn't trade for the world. It's just it's, sometimes it gets hard to make that time. But I mean, honestly, this I, I didn't want to hype again. Like a are you apologizing to me? But no. like through oh, the audience, up. like I'm so sorry. So sorry I've been a terrible cousin to you, audience. <laughs> I know I live across the street from you, audience, but I I miss you all so dearly. <laughs> that was another thing. It was so much easier when all I had to do was just, like, come home and walk across the street. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, it's 15 minutes of driving. Like, yeah. it's really not that big a difference. I mean, now, okay, now it's starting to feel like an attack on you for not making it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 15 minutes! I've only brought you on the podcast to yell at you in a public space. You no, know, I've been waiting for people, all the ex... D&D players that jump out and start yelling at me and throwing, you know, wooden knives. Yeah, this is an intervention. Greg, you're an asshole. Um, <laughs> actually, it's a roast. <laughs> but, um, brought to you by Judd. But Those anyway. Blumpkins taste weird. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that we can all agree that, like, the game's fun. Yeah. All these kinds of games are fun. The freedom it allows you to have, the storyline you're allowed to have, it's all fun. But I think, and something I talked to about Joel, me and Joel have talked a lot about this because of all people I've played with, I know she has one of the tighter, more demanding schedules with things because mm. she's got stuff going on. But 
I, she and I have talked about how the one biggest thing to really keep people coming back to the table is having a game that's worth coming there for. Yeah. And I think the problem that a lot of people face, and you being one of those people who face it, is you've gotten the uh, multiple game burnout, and you've reached that point where it's like, oh, great, Dan's got a new game idea, he's going to text it to me tonight with this giant, massive three pages of information, and he says, come up with a thing by Tuesday, it's Monday at 11.59, <laughs> I don't have the time. I've already come up with 18 characters. What does he want from me? And I think the reason why, like, this group that I have right now, with Joe included, and actually pretty much everybody from the podcast, except for Pat, who I hadn't, uh, haven't had on yet, but, like, the reason why that group comes together every Friday and the reason why people try to make it is because... I mean, the storyline's really starting to pick up and people feel super invested. So I think one of the other reasons why, when we were younger, why it was so great is because we'd been playing for like two years. So a lot of the characters we had had been kind of long lasting. It's just solely, it's like, it's a, the most, it's like the weirdest bond to something that's not real I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Like, to the point where one time I, <laughs> I made a will for one of my characters. No, we've, we've, talked about the, we've talked about the will. I'm pretty sure we've mentioned the will before. There's been a will made for a character, for a long-lost cousin. You <laughs> know, I don't think I've ever had somebody make up a bullshit character story while they're still playing their current character. Like, they, Greg made a character up just so he would have somewhere for all his money with his current character who might die. Too and a well. lot of money. I don't know how he carried it all. A lot like, of paper I mean, checks. Like, a lot of people do that, where they're like, oh, I don't want to have to come up with a new character, so I'll just erase the name on my character sheet, and I'll just write it in with one letter difference. So instead of Legolas, it's Logolas. But Greg basically did that when his other character was still alive. <laughs> I am Welby. was a bond. That will never end. That sentence, man. Okay, so anyway. I want to know where the hell that character sheet is. I have all of those. We, you said that. We've looked through it. Well, be Toss Cobble is not in there. Well, I burned that one. I hope you did. I didn't like him. Um, Nobody but, did. <laughs> he burned a lot of things. But that's why people liked him. But, anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I guess what what can we say? We we've I don't know from everything we've discussed so far and everything we've got uh, on the table right now. Um, what would you say would be, like, your mission as a player for moving forward? And po I mean, would you want to get back into the hobby? Yeah, or is I'd it love something to get that... back into the hobby. So what do you think you would have? Like, what, I, I, what I've started to do now when I teach people how to run games is to, like, come up with, like, their DM credo or their player credo and just come up with, like, the big list of bullet points of stuff they need at a game in order to be happy or things that they need for their group to do for them to be happy. Like, when you start your first game and you're like, okay, my game is going to be kind of firm on storyline, not going to be silly stuff, I'm not going to kill characters, and I want deep storyline. I'm going to be kind of gritty. Like, I like it when people, like, have that set forward in the beginning. That way you get, like, into the mindset. So I guess, in the same vein, as a player moving forward with everything we've talked about, how would you have to have things set up for you to sort of, like enjoy another career of playing the game well these are things that i would love i know these ones are hard to set in once at the beginning well, let's try realistic it. ones then one is having a I set want. day <laughs> i want a dirty rack a designated driver <laughs> some chicken patties some chicken patties heated on the grill waiting i want my seat warm when i okay, get there okay, okay this is getting nowhere um a set day uh, a set time and a set destination. That's it. I mean, another thing that, that those are the things I want, but the the struggle is, 
is I go to school Monday and Wednesday. So well, those, I don't need those days are easy. But the other o'clock, days, five o'clock. But here's my list of the fears. rest of the days of the week besides the weekend is I I wake up at five and I don't get back to the house until like five or six. So at right. that point, I'm pretty burnt out. Yeah. So that's like one of the biggest things. Like once I get home, like I don't even want to do anything. Sometimes I just lay in bed with my work clothes still on, filthy, and just like laying there. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher mentioned that on an episode of Hot Ones, the most recent episode. He was talking about how, like, having worked hard labor, he's like, you really don't know how tired you can be as a person until you work, like, 5 o'clock till 5 o'clock at a, like, a real physical task job and then sit down. He's like, there has never been a time you will never get up any hard, like, it'll never be more difficult to get up than after something like that. I remember one day I got home and I, I, I don't know what the hell happened to me, but... I started panting, everything went black, and I, 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 I was on the bed, and next thing you know, I wake up, I'm in, on the chair in front of the fan, panting. <laughs> like, I don't know how the hell happened. This blackout brought you by <laughs> This Judd. blackout brought you by Judd. Blumpkin Judd. Get yourself a six-pack day. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, but anyway, so beyond the mechanics of it, like mm-hmm. the actual like hard like physical things for you as like getting to a place or being at a spot, like are there things that you need, like well I, I guess like okay, I'm trying to think of the best way to wrap this up here. What would you say after thinking about what it was like to play when you were younger? If you were to kind of like try to bring the elements of what worked then into now to make now gaming more fun, and if we were to come and be part of a group, what would you need to be there, all things considered, to like have a game that you can't wait to go back to? Because we talked about what makes a game possible, but what makes a game like super fun for you, considering always, your past as a player? What always did it for me was like the like it's like the cliffhangers, the mysteries of it. But like it always, it's it's kind of like hard to describe. But like, I mean, it needs to be meaningful. Yeah, you like care some, about what something, happens. Yeah, <laughs> like missing like, a game. But that's also hard because you need to be invested into a game to a certain point, invested in a character to a certain point for that to for that cliffhanger to really hit home for you. Like, like you know, like when you when you play your first game of D, not your first first, but your first game of that session of D and D, and obviously you're gonna end with the cliffhanger. You're gonna walk away and be like, "Ooh, that's cool! Can't wait to find out." But like when you're invested in a character and you get right. that cliffhanger and you go home and that's all you can think about is what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, right. What did the black book opening up in front of the fire mean and why did we hear the name of that villain from the first campaign uttered in darkness? Like, yeah. you need to... But that's the point, is you need to... But isn't that kind of rough for us to say what's necessary is yeah. like, oh, well, I need to have already been playing for a year. Yeah, no, like that's, that, that's, that's, what, that's what sucks. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's the thing that, like, I need to be able to have, like, the time and, like, one or two also, the energy to be able to, like, get yeah. back into it. I mean, it almost feels like a good recipe. It's like, I mean, we can get all the organic elements we want. We can have all the best ingredients we want. But if the temperature's not right on the stovetop or in the oven for the right amount of time, it, you know what I mean? Like, it will not cook like, right. Some, but like at the, the same time, you can have the right time. You can have the right heat. Mm-hmm. But with the wrong ingredients, it's gonna taste like garbage. Oh yeah, like the, there's sometimes we've had like the best games and like there's been like people at the table like falling asleep just because like after the day they've had or after like a game so long like some you want to be there but like your body says no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess we. Uh... We've kind of circled the uh, grounds of what it was like to play when we were younger and what we learned from being younger players and now in the future playing as adults. 
But I think the big takeaway is that at the end of the day, it is fun, but it's fun that requires a bit of energy. And if you can't really muster that kind of energy, it almost feels like it's just not going to work yeah, out. Yeah, because like when you're when you're tired at a game, you you just you, it just kind of sucks because you want to be. Is there. that the moral of the episode? Like I'm tired <laughs> and I want to go home. Drink Red Bull. Uh, sponsored by uh, Power Energy Judd. Power Energy Judd. Okay, let's let's keep the improv to those who can. Okay, but yeah, okay. So I guess the true moral is that being an adult sucks, and mm-hmm. high school don't is grow all up. That high school is where you're gonna peak. Um, enjoy <laughs> stay the <there>. stay <laughs> in high school. Cherish it. If I could have failed again and redone my senior year for a third time, I would have done it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Once you get to be 21, bringing kegs to the prom is all of a sudden frowned upon. But, okay, so uh, to end this episode, we're going to do a nice little light game, one that's reminiscent of being a kid. Um, We're going to do a bit of a fantasy Mad Lib, and if there's anybody I know who can cut back and have a bunch of childish humor when it comes to this sort of thing, I I think it's you. It's your boy. So let's start off first with name a race and a class. Or instead of a class, name a fantasy-esque Occupation or title? I'm gonna go half elf and innkeeper. <laughs> okay, this is gonna be kind of weird. I already read it ahead, so this is gonna be very strange for the beginning. Okay, so next is another race and class or occupation. Um, goblin and do uh, the guy that works the the, the cashier at the store. With all the bronze that I'm going to steal. I'm going to have shopkeep. You ever, uh, you ever shoot a guy for two copper? I have. No, I, I haven't been that desperate for two. Okay, I need one more racing glass combo. All right. Um, orc. Why are you? Okay. <laughs> for everybody who's listening, Greg just like mounted the microphone with his head. Okay. So an orc what, Greg? Uh, an orc school teacher. The rarest of them all. Very good. Uh, Now we need a single class. Single class. Uh, Ranger. Okay. Now we need an object. Object. Flask. Old Welby Toss Cobble Cell. Now we need an adjective. A descriptive (laughs) word. Perhaps you've skipped your uh, your your lessons with your orc teacher. I gotta redo first grade again. Uh, <laughs> uh, smelly. Ooh, how silly of you. <laughs> okay, uh, now we have a, another race or class. Oh god. Um, race and class, rather. We shall do. Uh, People human. said that we'll go human. Okay. Human, and the class wizard. You know. I was going to say, people really love open air where you just say, um. That's like that ASMR, but it's uh, like... <laughs> that's for you, All right, I need an adjective. I mean, an adverb. Adverb. Um, running. That's that's not an adverb. An Smelling. adverb is a, is like an adjective to describe an action. Eating. Kicking. Like how somebody would run swiftly. There you go, Greg. This is also doubling as a grammar lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Greg, let's come on. Swiftly. <laughs> Swiftly. I wonder where you got that one. Okay, we need another adjective. Uh, um, 
I'm giving it a count of three. Oh, come on. I'm trying to think of a good one. <laughs> Channel your inner 13-year-old. That's all we've been talking Farting. about. Farting. <laughs> Fart. Fart-ish. There you go, Greg. Why is it my Fart-ish. inner 13-year-old also doesn't know Greg? <laughs> yeah, I don't think any any version of Greg has known good Greg. Anyway, uh, now we need a food or drink. Um, or a food. Yeah, food or drink. Brisket. <laughs> Dude, now, did why Ant- did that one come lickety fucking split? But I ask no, you for an adjective. No, 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 no. Oh, enough of the big words, kiddo. I know three words: brisket, <laughs> fart, and flask. Dog just Not like always in that order. Okay, it's I need very a hollow. Yeah, I, I can hear. It's like a jack o' lantern with real teeth. You know how many times so, you hit me, young <laughs> Alright, this is not the episode where we talked about this. You can roast me on your episode. So, anyway, uh, we need a number 69. <laughs> okay. You know, I want to say that's your inner 13 year old, but. It's, it's my inner man. That's, that's you right that's now. Just... I'm looking at it. It's right there. Alright, I need another, another adjective. Oh, God. We're running down adjectives. <laughs> yeah, fartish and smelly. We're running out of adjectives. We're tapping off the same spigot every time. <laughs> Get it? Uh, squish. Squishy. Very good, Greg. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a team project. Um, team building exercise. We need a place. Um, Hell's Caverns. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. Yeah, okay. Uh, now we need another another adjective. Fuck. <laughs> um, daintish. Daintish? You mean dainty? Like the Danish dish, right? <laughs> oh, Danish. You want Danish or daintish? Daintish. Daintish isn't a word. Fuck <laughs> it. Well, just too dainty. You fucking put. Okay, uh, monster. We need a monster. Oh, God. Um, D-Phil. D-Phil. Hey, D-Phil. How you doing? He's literally... Ne- nobody knows who D-Phil... Okay, so a friend of the podcast... I was talking to you, D-Phil. Okay, uh, we need another number. 96. <laughs> okay, a unit of time. <sighs> Metric. <laughs> we need a unit of time. What does that mean? Like hours, minutes, days, weeks, months, eons. Seconds. Very good. Okay, uh, now we need another adjective. We're on the home stretch, Greg. You can do it. I believe in you. Oh, um, laughing. That's not an adjective. Lavish. That's not... <laughs> How about funny? There, funny. This is. What is wrong? It's because you're on the spot. Okay, uh, can we get a smell and odor? Oh, me. Um,. We shall do turkey leg. I smell turkey leg. <laughs> you know that old smell, turkey leg. Um, okay. Uh, can I get a kind of wound? Gashing. You know, gash. We're gonna be <laughs> up to our eyeballs. And goblin gash. Okay, oh, so, my head. <laughs> okay uh, I need a body part. <laughs> not that one. No, not that one either. <laughs> Pinky toe. Pinky toe. Okay, pinky toe gash. I'm sure that's totally not what we're going to get. Pinky toe. Okay, uh, and then a sound. <laughs> right 
Yeah, on on a pew, you fucking lump. Give me a sound. Splash. Okay, splash. <laughs> <laughs> fucking go. <laughs> yes, Greg. Make a sound. Okay, I need a verb, and then we're all done. <laughs> One more verb. We haven't done a verb yet. Have we? Wait, I just need one verb. That's the, it's the last one. What are you arguing with me for? Just give me a verb. What? <laughs> give me like a definition of a verb. <laughs> An action, you fucking... What is wrong with you? Dying inside. Okay. Dying. <laughs> there we go. How about dying inside is our verb? That That's a like solid that. verb. That's a good verb. Okay. That's like the. All right. The adver- let's let's read this and Adver-tabage. see what it sounds like. <clears throat> so without further ado, here comes a wonderful tale. A half elf innkeeper, a goblin shopkeep, and an orcish teacher walk into a bar. They are looking for a ranger who might have some information on a missing flask that belonged to a smelly human wizard. Sounds about The bartender right. points to the corner. Uh, approach swiftly. That guy is fartish. <laughs> the adventurers approach. Their target is gorging himself on brisket. <laughs> Got it. The goblin shopkeep uh, buys the man 69 beers, nice. and the orcish teacher lays on the charm. Yeah, he does. Lays on his famous charm. Oh, okay. Go to Squishy Hell's Cavern. Oh. <laughs> Sounds nice. The the date. Wait, hold on. The flask you seek is guarded by a dainty defil. There's no way defil I know. The party leaves him with the tab. <laughs> the trio travels for 96 seconds <laughs> until they arrive at the squishy hell's caverns. The ground is funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the air smells of turkey leg. <laughs> oh my god. The uh, the half-elf innkeeper takes point, leading the way deep within. She misses a trap and suffers a gash <laughs> on her pinky toe. They press onward. Eventually everyone hears a splash. <laughs> the... Um... The dainty defil was following them, and and apparently dying inside on the half elf innkeeper. Oh, then our DM says roll for initiative. That was an unimaginative and terrible story, Greg. Yeah, um, you know what? That's basically thirteen-year-old me coming at you live. Yeah, in an adult's body. So, Just okay. so you know, I went to character. I totally know what adjectives are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm really good at role-playing. And dying. And inside. dying inside. Um, so, uh, is there anything you want to plug before you get off? Anything you've been listening to or anything you've been doing that you think other people should know about? Um, uh, go check out uh, Junior's Woodworking on Instagram. <laughs> is this your woodworking page? It's my woodworking page. You know, on a Venn diagram, the inner circle is gigantic between people who play D&D and people who woodwork. You know, I... you know, there's some fantasy stuff on there. I made the Deathly Hallow symbol. Don't try to plug your girlfriend's stuff on here. Hey, I made it for her, okay? It's also a very, very nice... Why wooden are you box. So close to the mic. Back I want them up. to hear me. <laughs> they are being shouted at. <laughs> but anyway, totally Okay, so before, uh, without further ado, uh, 
I'm gonna say big old goodbye. Uh, roll a twenty for me. DMs be good to your players. Players be good to your DMs. Any last word, Greg? Um, D and D is a great game. <laughs> Long live. Well, be toss gobble. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and then just to wrap it up, uh, the song used in the intro commercial is Autumn Day, provided by Kevin McLeod. And the song that we use for the uh, Mad Libs there is Folk Round by Kevin McLeod as well. Uh, But goodbye, everybody.